Welcome to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about music that came out this this month. And this month we're talking about music from August. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with Jared. And again, we are here to talk about some August music and, of course, the number one song. Right now. Today. Still still WAP. Yep. WAP. WAP. Whatever you want to say. How it's all it's all up to your 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 heart and their body parts. Mm. It's been a, a wonderful addition to this month. All of the uh the versions of the song yes. that you can find. The memes. There are many memes. You can find uh Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh Phantom of the Opera version. Yes. Which is a beautiful thing. You can find Queen. Um, and some people are not entirely thrilled about it. For instance, uh, Ben Shapiro. Yes. And uh, somebody made a remix of him singing the song. And it, it's one of my favorite things for this entire month. So I'm going to go ahead and play that before we get to uh, any of the albums for this month. Yes. Ben, I'm sorry, but if you if you read lyrics, yeah. and, and the internet exists, you should probably know what's coming. What's the what's that channel? Uh, this is uh, I Marquis. Yeah, he's a good guy. This is Keezy. He's a good one. Does he does he do a lot of these? Yeah, he did. He's the one that did the um, uh, COVID nineteen uh, of uh, of the the preacher the preacher yeah oh is that the same guy it's the same guy oh he's, he's, he's a, a legend. legend yeah he's a legend he's a legend so okay well that's a that's our fun start yes go listen to that song and don't hate it it's really not that bad it's catchy it's fun it is what it is it's a it's a comedy song really it, it has become there's a guy a on youtube i like his, his youtube is a dose of buckley he does Every year he does the worst songs, and he hates pop music so much. And uh, he he kind of only does videos once a year, at least he had. And then he kind of made a return because he's created a Patreon, as as one does, as, as, one as does. people do. I don't know who would do that. And um, he has started doing what's called a musical autopsy, and he does a kind of a... a, a, a analysis? Analysis of songs, and he did one about WAP. And he basically was like, you know, it's not like the worst song ever, but you just have to take it for what it is, which is a comedy song. It's his comedy. It, it really, I mean, the it's, lyrics are just so like some of the some of the verses and and words are so ridiculous. It's over the top. Yes, like bringing up macaroni. Oh man, macaroni. Macaroni. All right, if you say so. Okay. So uh, first album, regular album, not a weird stuff that i'm going to talk about for this month of music is the killer's new album imploding the mirage oh let me introduce you to the featherweight queen she got hollywood eyes but she can't shoot what she sees 
Jared, what did you think about the Killers' new album? You were excited about it. It was pretty good. I think it's going to have to grow on me. I didn't love it at the first listen, but it is kind of the style of music that I like, and it's uh, I've heard it compared to Heartland Rock. Yeah. Which, it's interesting, a band from Vegas doing Heartland Rock, you know. For sure. But I like some of the stuff on it. I like the feature of Katie Lang, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I like... I think that maybe they're a little bit over the top with some of the the lyricism and like mm-hmm. just like trying to make it as big as possible. Right. I think it's closer to maybe a Sam's Town than it is a Hot Fuzz, but it I do like it. It sounds kind of like Wonderful, Wonderful. It's not like closer to the old stuff. It's more like the new stuff. It's that big like anthemic. And yeah, which is basically what Battleborn is too. Their, For sure, their 2012 release, which I like that album. I like a lot of songs from it, but this one isn't as big as that album. I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I will eventually uh, enjoy this album more. I think it was, you know, if you take it for what it is, which is the killers being the killers in their form at this point in time, their kind of stadium style of music, then you can still find enjoyment in it. Yes. Obviously, it's not at the same peak level as an album like Hot Fuss or Sam's Town. But, you know, if you want new killers music, then you shouldn't be necessarily disappointed in this album. Yeah. It's doing kind of. I wish what, it would have come out when it was supposed to, because I was more excited. But then it right, it didn't, and then I was just like, "Oh, okay, Killers album." After I was excited for one, yeah, it finally dropped, and I was like, "All right, I guess I'll listen to this." Yeah, so I I I liked it enough. Like it wasn't my favorite album of the month, obviously, but you know, it was an album that you know I'll probably listen to a couple of the songs from. I like Caution. Yeah, that's it's a good song. song. It, the, Lindsay Buckingham is like the featured artist on that one, which is. Ooh. Crazy. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac man. That you would have him like on a killer song. The features on there are actually kind of weird. Like to have a Katie Lang, a Wise Blood, and a Lindsey Buckingham all on a killer's album. Yeah. It's all just. It's only missing Elton John. El- only Elton John could have rounded things out. So that is uh, Killers Imploding the Mirage. This next one is uh, Nas's new album, King's Disease. We going ultra black, I got a toast to that, we don't fold the crack We going, occasion we rolls to that, fuck on postal We going ultra black, watching the global change, hopping the coldest range Hit boy on the beat, this shit poster slap We going ultra black, we going, we going Jared, did you uh, did you enjoy any of? Uh, did you listen to any of Nas's new I album? I listened. I did listen to that album. It okay. was okay. It was not that memorable. Sure. Uh, the most memorable part is in that song, and it's when he called out Doja Cat, uh-huh. which was people. Got, he got a lot of flack for it. Uh, he said, "Let me find it here. Let me find this word." He said, "We're going ultra black, unapologetically black, the opposite of Doja Cat, Michael Blackson Black." That's what he said. That's pretty good. And uh, yeah, people did not like that he said that about old Doja Cat. It's an it's. Uh, I mean, it makes sense for him to call out somebody. It's a mean dig. It's a mean dig. I would agree. I'm sure she probably didn't like it. She did not like it. But she's yeah. a she is a troll. Yeah. So she should not be able. Like she can't really say anything if she's going to be a troll to people. Right. Like if he wants to troll her, she is a troll. Fair game. Yeah. I I uh I found it to be because I haven't really followed Nas's like 
later work. Obviously, Illmatic is one of the most important hip-hop albums of all time, and he's kind of, like, puttered out ever since then. So it's been, like, over two decades of him not really achieving the same level of relevance over all of this time. And so, you know, I didn't even know if I would want to listen to King's Disease because I was like, is he really going to do anything that's going to, like, blow anybody away at this point in time? He's been doing it for so long, and he's not really changing the game in a lot of ways. Um, But I I enjoyed this album. I have heard from people that I think the production has been kind of like the... uh, the the bad part of his albums over the last couple years and so um that is something that i think was fixed by i believe hit boy is the producer on the album and hit boy um you know takes over some of the creative control that nas has been using and not necessarily using like in a great way uh so by having a different producer come in for the album i feel like it made it a little bit better than what it could have been yeah so the other thing about that album uh, he has been accused of domestic violence by uh, his ex, uh, Kalise, I believe, who's okay. the milkshake girl. Mm-hmm. And on that album, he basically was just like, she's a liar. Ah. Which I can see if you were accused of that and that's not the case. You know, if it's not true, then you would say that. Right. But I think that there is enough maybe evidence from various accusations against him that maybe they're not all liars. Yeah. I I unfortunately have not heard about that. So, um, yeah. That's another, like, two things that are about this album that are not, you know, like, the big, there's actually three. One is that Jay-Z was going to release something the same day, and historically he's purposefully released things on the same day as Nas because they have this feud. And it's like, Jay-Z, you've already won. You're like, you're a billionaire, and Nas is... On the verge of irrelevancy. So right. just leave him alone. And then the Doja Cat thing and then the um, the Khalees thing. So yeah. it's like... A lot of things not, that distract some, from the yeah, actual album. not good things about Nas. Yes. So. The, those are all very fair to highlight for sure. The next album that I will be talking about is the album uh, Paris and uh, her album Dead Weight. So again, that album is Deadweight by the band Paris. Actually, I'm going to... With a V. With a V, yes. So Paris is fronted by the artist Lynn Gunn, who uh, Paris has been releasing albums for not quite a decade, but you know they've been... I think this is their third album. It got pushed back a, a little bit. Um, but this is kind of the album where she has kind of been a little bit more upfront about how much creative control she has had in the album, how much she has been kind of the driving force of the songwriting. And it's it's good to see her being willing to kind of take ownership of the band rather than making it seem as though she's not kind of the front of the group. I feel like they're kind of within this same realm of like Haley Williams and Paramore kind of where they kind of come from the same ilk 
of like the um so like if you look at the the recommended artists from them it's a lot of like names that most people don't really know like tonight alive and new year's day and i feel as though the music i mean obviously it's a lot more pop heavy than what those are but it does kind of have that like pop rock or alternative rock kind of sound to it that a lot of those bands have and i've actually seen quite a bit of praise for dead weight as an album which I was kind of surprised about because it doesn't really seem like an album that the vast majority of people would tune in for. Mm-hmm. So I was I was surprised, but I was pleasantly surprised by listening to the album, and I found it to be better than what I expected it to be. They were signed originally to Rise Records, which is an independent like punk label for mm-hmm. their last two albums, and this is their first album on Warner, which is a major label. Right. So I, I hear their original sound. And it's not too flooded by um, major label pop nonsense. I would agree. Which is good. Yes. I didn't I didn't like their last album that much that came out in 17, All We Know of Heaven, All We Need of Hell. But I did like their debut, White Noise. I like songs from that. And so uh, it's weird. Wait a minute. Yeah, they're, they, they were formed as a metalcore band. Oh, really? Which is interesting. That is odd. That's what it says. But it, that's not them on any of their stuff ever. Yeah, I've heard. Maybe so. they just initially wanted to make that kind of music, and then they were like, "No, we're not doing that." Yeah, I couldn't say for sure, but but yeah, I I found that it kind of was in that same Paramore realm of like they started out in kind of that field of music, and they're kind of slowly coming into like a commercial esque realm, kind of like how Haley Williams has become a little bit more popular because of her solo album. But I I enjoyed it. It's worth checking out if you like that kind of music. So, again, that was Paris and Dead Weight. The next album I'm going to be talking about is Angel Olsen's new album, Whole New Mess. Me then, honey, you left me down. So Whole New Mess is not really a completely new album in a lot of ways. Whole New Mess is a reworking of most of the songs off of her previous album from last year, All Mirrors. Uh, But obviously they're all a lot more uh, subdued and a lot less big because that album was really her biggest like in production. And this one strips things back quite a bit. And what's interesting about the album to me is that these songs still carry a very strong weight, even though I've heard them before in a different kind of context. There are two um, original songs on this album. The one that I played is Waving Smiling, one of the original songs that were put onto this album. But again, for the most part, these are songs that have already been performed, but just performed differently. And it's cool because Angel Olsen, this is a little bit more similar to her older music, and All Mirrors is kind of more of a shift away from what she was doing previously, so it's nice to see her kind of going back to a sound that maybe some of her fans would have already been invested in and kind of get to hear again. So I I like Angel Olsen returning on this album this way. I I thought the whole new mess was just going to be in a new 
album with original music, but finding out that it was just the same album just played differently. I was, I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it as much as I thought I would, but it ended up being, cause I love, I loved the songwriting of all of those songs to begin with. And so if I liked the songwriting and they just put them into a new context, I should still enjoy those songs because they were good to begin with. So why wouldn't I like them now? Just in a different way. So, so that's Angel Olsen, whole new mess. The next one, Jared, I'm sure that you have a little bit of opinion on. I don't know if you listen to the whole album, but is the front bottoms in sickness and in flames. I got into bed with my girlfriend. It was a stranger's bed. We fell asleep for four hours. When we woke up, we went downstairs and said sorry. Sorry. No one was mad. We walked all the way home after that. I am the victim of a scam. That's a scam. It's a scam. So, uh, Front Bottom's new album, In Sickness and In Flames. Jared, did you have a chance to listen to the whole album? Uh, yes, I did. It was it was okay. Uh, f- fairly long. Fairly long. Much longer than their usual albums. Yeah, about by about 12 minutes or so. Yeah. 15 to 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they might have should have cut that down a little Maybe bit. should have cut that down a little bit. I, I can see you feeling that way. I like the singles that came out. Um, the first, I believe, was Camouflage, if I remember correctly. Uh, that's a pretty decent song. Montgomery Forever, I think, is my favorite song on that album. The one that I just played, yeah. Um, and then uh, Everyone Blooms is pretty good. I, I think it's mm-hmm. a I think it's a good album. I don't know how how much I'll go back to it. Sure, but um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's not as good as their other stuff, I would say, but. I think it's closer to their first two albums. That's good. And that's what I like those. That's what I'm happy about, really. And that's why I think I kind of latched onto this album because their other two releases, um, Back on Top and Going Gray. Going Gray, thank you. Going Gray and Back on Top kind of abandoned a little bit of what they were doing. It sounded just not really the same in songwriting. And I feel like this one is kind of written more like their debut album. And it feels a little bit more like the sound that they had on those first two albums. And I'm a big fan of their debut album. And I still enjoyed, um, what was their second album called? Talent of the Hawk. Talent of the Hawk, thank you. I'm glad that you were here, Jared. Talent. I enjoyed Talent of the Hawk as well. Not as much as the debut, but still an album that I enjoyed. And so to have In Sickness and Flames, an album that would be a little bit more in line with what I've been wanting from them all this time mm-hmm. makes me happy. Yeah. So I would, I would recommend if anybody enjoys the front bottoms that you will probably, if you like were a person who said, I like the front bottoms, but I don't like what they've been doing lately. And so you kind of shied away from their new music. This is a good time to come back. So front bottoms in sickness and in flames. This next one, I'm also sure Jared, you have a little bit to say about this is bright Eyes new album down in the weeds where the world once was. My old pal looks shaky with a cigarette in his hand Salt and pepper sprinkled on his face and on his head Looks like he might start crying This is something that I said Let's take a walk around the block This fleeting feeling's infinite Around here we've been so again, this is Bright Eyes' new album, and it is called Down in the Weeds, Where the World Once Was. It is their first album in nearly a decade, nine years now since The People's Key. Yes. We have talked about Bright Eyes on our show before. We have covered them 
with our round table with our friend we are record round table this is under the this is under the record round table no. realm so. yeah no. yeah so if you listen to record round table you'll see this i know okay just making sure um but we covered it with a friend of the show david Mm-hmm. He was he was on the show, uh, and I was quite excited to see that Bright Eyes were going to have a new album. Um, Connor Oberst has really not been inactive over no. those nine years no. by any means at all. No, he's got he, all kinds of stuff going on. All kinds of stuff. He's been doing solo albums. He had a Better Oblivion Community Club, Community Center, Better Oblivion Community Center with uh, Phoebe Bridgers, and so he's really not just stopped making music. He's just not been making it under the Bright Eyes moniker. And so there's obviously, I think, a reason that you would go back to being Bright Eyes. And I think that it sounds like, indeed, a Bright Eyes album. It doesn't really shy away from their same kind of sound. It's still kind of in line with, like, the People's Key in a lot of ways. It's not quite at the same level as, like, um, uh, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's still a strong Bright Eyes album. I'm not sure. Did you listen to all of it or just parts? I did, but it didn't really stick out to me a ton. I don't really have. I mean, I it it sounded more like the People's Key, yeah, than uh, Casadega or um, Wide Awake, where mm. it didn't really hit me as much. Sure, I, like the, the People's Key was just kind of whatever. Um, I like Connor Oberst. I think he's a good songwriter, but sometimes he can be route. Uh, occasionally boring yeah and he does so much that it's hard for you to be like did you hear the new connor oberst and be like oh yeah i can't like yeah he, he just has so much music it's it nearly impossible to listen to all of it right and i don't know this one just didn't really stick with me that much that's fair i uh i think maybe i could even say that probably i have a little bit of blinders on in terms of like it's a bright eyes album so i'm excited and i want to talk about it kind of thing but yeah. um I I think for the most part I enjoyed it, but I don't. I agree with like your stance on like the front bottoms with this album. I don't know how much I will return to it. I think I will enjoy it uh, this year. I think that I will probably listen to some songs off of it, but I don't know that I would like actively seek out down in the weeds multiple times throughout the future. But I enjoy it for right now, and that's why I'm talking about it right now. I'm gonna talk about one more album, and then Jared, I'm gonna throw it to you for a little bit. Okay. And then I'll cover a couple more. Oh, my. So uh, the next one I'm talking about is the album I Slept on the Floor by the band Another Sky. Sing without and take a bow. You'll never break the glass ceiling. You are here to be a voice in the making. Sing the words that mean So another Sky's debut album, I Slept on the Floor. That song is called Tree. I was quite surprised by this album. I saw it. It didn't have a lot of people talking about this album. And I was like, well, it's got a cool cover. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll bring in. It'll right. make you want to listen to an album. And lo and behold, I really, really enjoyed this album. Um, it is a, um, ki- it's kind of post-rock in a couple respects like they they have kind of that bigger 
post-rock sound, but they also, as you could hear at the beginning of that that clip that I played, that it kind of takes also kind of a hushed tone in many points. So the vocalist on Another Sky, Katrin Vincent, has a very, very interesting voice. Definitely a standout voice. Jared, I believe you said it sounds kind of like the artist Gordy. I did say that. Yeah. Do you still get that kind of vibe from I it? I did, yes. Yes. Or like I'm Again Heap. Interesting, mm-hmm. like... Uh, deeper-ish voice. Mm-hmm. Fun little stuff there. Yeah. I I like her voice quite a bit. It's different from what I would have expected. And so that alone kind of brings me in. She's got a very, very strong vocal range. Very, very emotive. Is capable of doing a lot from that perspective. But the music as well, the instrumentation, I also find quite enjoyable. I like when they get really, really loud and they get really, really big, but I also like when they keep it kind of toned down as well. So Another Sky I Slept on the Floor is an album I definitely recommend. Jared, please talk about some of the songs and albums that you enjoyed this month. Okay. Well, I guess uh, to start out this month, I think that I would be remiss not to talk about my favorite song of the whole month, I think. It is by Coheed and Cambria, featuring, actually, I'll just say the name of the song. It's Jesse's Girl 2, and it features Rick Springfield, and it's Claudio from Coheed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this happened. I don't either. He somehow was able to write a sequel to Jesse's Girl and talk to Rick Springfield himself and was able to I get permission, obviously, and not only get permission, but had have him come in and sing a verse that is in correlation to the storytelling of JC's Girl. Yep. And it is great. The whole thing is amazing. There's a music video that features uh, Rick Springfield in it behind a bar. And then the girl from the original video is in the music video. They finally found a woman like that? They found a woman like that. And then basically the song is the told of the perspective that Jesse's Girl is crazy. Oh, and okay. that Jesse made uh, the right decision of letting her leave. Okay. And that he never should have taken Jesse's girl. And it has like, so the guitar part is like a reference to one of Coheed's songs a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they also have a reference to the song 8675309. Of course some, they do. For some reason. Of course they do. And it is just, it is the best song I've heard all year. It is ridiculous and so weird. It popped up on Friday night uh, of on my release radar, mm-hmm. and it said JC's Girl 2. And I said, well, that is interesting, huh? And I listened to it, and I was like, well, that is crazy. Yep. And then I did some digging and kind of like found on YouTube, and I saw on uh, Instagram where Claudia was like, hey, I think we're going to release it as an album. Or not an album, but like they okay, put I was going to say there's a whole album a of these kinds of songs. No, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. They made a, it into a record, a seven-inch record. And he was like, put this out as soon as possible. The fans need it. And um, and then there, he's like, maybe even we'll do a music video. And so I've been waiting. I subbed to their YouTube page just, just in, in case. case. And it did. It came out featuring Ray Springfield. <laughs> it's great. So here's the song, Jesse's Girl 2. And I got my
It might be like my favorite Coheed song in like a decade. It's I, okay. So they had good songs in their last couple albums. It's sure. interesting. They don't take themselves too seriously on this. No, song, obviously. And it's crazy because so they for basically the entirety of their career, they had all these concept albums. Mm-hmm. And then their last. No, their album in 2015 was their first non-concept album. Uh-huh. And it had some good songs on it. Then they had another album come out in like 17 that had it was a concept album as well. But they're like, it's so weird because I wish that I followed them more because I know that they're good. Yes. But I don't follow like progressive rock or progressive metal as much. I just know like they blew up because of Welcome Welcome Home Home and like the other suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they benefited so much from Guitar Hero. Oh my gosh. Because they are so like, he's so good. I think it was Rock Band actually. Yeah. Well, both. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, the realm of guitar based video games. Yes. Like, cause he's such a good guitarist. And so like they were able to capitalize, like nobody ever would have cared about the band Dragon Force had it not been for those games. No. But, like, he, I mean, they had success, like, on um, MTV and Fuse and stuff like that. But they haven't really had that much. But, like, I just, it's nice that he's having fun with music. I mean, he always has, right. but not taking stuff too seriously. He's a creative guy, and he definitely, like, has I mean, he, a lot of crazy ideas. He so. creates, like, comic books out of his albums and mm-hmm. albums out of his comic books. And Toys. Like movies and, and yeah. all kinds of stuff. It's crazy. He's, he's, he's just constantly outputting something that is engaging yes and speaking of engaging we have uh, the battle of charlie daniels covers charlie daniels has died unfortunately mm-hmm. although i think he was a racist maybe not unfortunately i can't tell and i don't know i don't know but he did write the song the devil went down to george or actually he ripped it off technically he was yeah. in a different band and they had the lick of the song and he was like hey i'll just steal this song and make it my own yeah and uh so as a tribute there were two uh Pretty interesting covers that came of it. Pretty interesting. One being uh, Nickelback, which features somebody named Dave Martone, which I maybe he played guitar on it. I don't know exactly what he did. Uh, so if you play a little bit of that one. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind, way behind, and willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man picking a guitar and playing it hot. The devil jumped up on a hickory stump, said, boy, let me tell you what. Well, I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a guitar player, too. And if you care to take this dare, I'll make a bet with you. You're a pretty damn good strummer, boy, but give the devil his due. I'll bet a guitar of gold against your soul that says I'm better than you. But the boy said, my name is Johnny. Okay, so that's probably the best Nickelback song that's been released in, like, a long time. Since Spider-Man, they, perhaps. Yeah, since Spider-Man, perhaps. Um, they... Like they're getting pretty good reviews, and there's like, hey, Nickelback actually came out with a good song. Not to be outdone, though. Of course. Corn, the band Corn, came out with a song featuring Southern rapper Yellow Wolf, yep. who has a history of uh, being in a feud with Eminem, as well as not really doing anything of, of any kind of relevancy. No. Uh, but Corn and Yellow Wolf also did a cover of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. And we're going to play that a little bit of that one, too. I was thinking what we should do, yeah. if we could, is if we like got to the end of this clip that we played and then go right into the next part of the song. But we're not going to do it, but that would have been great. Like If I could have just found right. enough covers of this song. That you could play the entirety of the song, but from covers multiple from different, different people. That would have been great. Yeah. But anyways, here's Corn and Yellow Wolf. The devil opened up his case and he said, I'll stop the show. And fire flew from 
from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow. Then he pulled the bow across the strings and it made an evil hiss. And a band of demons joined in and it sounded something like this. Pretty interesting. I feel like Yellow Wolf is just like the Southern Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, they're similar. They are similar. Machine Gun Kelly is probably, I mean, he's more successful and he's better. Yellow Wolf has just been around longer. He has. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, But, okay, so here's some better music. Um, 88 Rising, which is an Asian-based record label that um, is trying to highlight um, Asian singers and such uh in the u.s and also in in you know uh, korea and, and things uh have they've created a, a basically a dynasty of of artists they have uh joji who's very popular and they have rich brian who's very popular and then they have all these other people that they've signed and they're creating some very interesting music and the thing that's cool about it is so it's a record label the creativity is it it's not being stopped basically like they can do whatever they want creatively they work with each other all the time they Mm -hmm. work with um other people and they like it's just pretty good so rich brian uh this last week put out an ep called 1999 that's the year he was born very young boy and uh he has a song that i like on there called love in my pocket Mm -hmm. and uh we'll we'll play that one i think If anybody's familiar with Rich Brian, that's obviously very different from the music he was making originally. Yeah, he it's it's his career has been very interesting. So he's from Indonesia, and he learned English through uh, like listening to rap music. And his name originally was Rich Chiga, which was he later learned was problematic. Right. And so instead of being a jerk about it, he's like, well. Because, uh, I mean, he probably had to be told, hey, you know, here's some th- stereotypes and things that maybe aren't good. He thought it was just tug-in-cheek, but he changed his name to Rich Brian because his name is, is Brian. And uh, he's basically making, like, pop R&B with a little bit of rap. Like, there is he's, he does a verse at, towards the end of that song, but he's not like, hey, I'm a rapper. You know, like, he he's... Creating other style of music. He's as got a well. dynamic genre at this point in time. Yes. Uh, another song that's from that same uh, label is by Joji, which Joji was originally a pink guy on YouTube. Uh, and he's turned into like one of the biggest pop people right now. It just inc- I think, like crazy. I think his new album comes out this month. Okay. If I remember correctly. September. The, not, yes. Yes. September. Okay. This coming month. I, I guess I should rather say. Sure. Uh, this song is called Daylight, and it features it's uh, Diplo on the on the track too. People Who had a really good album this year? Oh yeah, people love it. Preoccupied with the late night B-roll. Right now, laying here alone is heaven. And I've been a hero, helpless. I'm 
good song. I look forward to his album. I'm hopeful that I will like it enough to want to talk about the full album. Yeah. So uh, those are the singles for the month that I found uh, rather interesting. Uh, I don't know what Caleb has, has on the agenda for his the rest of his albums, but um, I will start with James Dean Bradfield, who is the lead singer of Manic Street Preachers. They're a Welsh rock band from the uh, 80s and 90s. And he has a solo album that just came out um, called Even in Exile. And I thought it was really good. I thought it was super weird. Uh, he he speaks Spanish on it, which is interesting for a Welsh man. But I would it, say so. It, it's like, it's, it's good. Um, my favorite song on the um, album, I think, is the, the Boy from the Plantation. And I will play a little bit of that. Forever I thought to mind When you cry I'd wrap you in a blanket And sing you my songs All I knew to write the wrongs As we held on to love As we held on to love Pretty good. I had that on the docket to listen to for a long time and never got around to it, unfortunately. I like the, like, the it opens with a really good song, um, uh, Reserada, Reserada, uh, and I, that was kind of what got me to want to listen to the whole thing, is it was like, oh, that's a really good opening track. Um, another album that came out that was at the, actually the beginning of this month, uh, first week, was the album Whoosh by... <laughs> Deep Purple. I was hoping you'd say it with some emphasis. But uh, they are uh, an old, old band that are still alive and kicking. Anyways, um, I thought it was a pretty good album, a pretty good heavy metal album from an old band still trying to kick it. Uh, I think the my favorite song on the album is Drop the Weapon. That's interesting, for sure. You like Deep Purple? I've never really like actively sought out Deep Purple. It's not really like a band that's within my wheelhouse, but I don't hate what they do. Yeah, it's interesting to hear them making music in 2020. Yeah, that's for sure. They were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2016, which some people would argue is too late, um, because they, I mean, they're very influential. They're one of the yeah. more influential uh, hard rock, heavy metal progressive rock bands sure and you should if you have a song like smoke on the water just put them in just put them in man one song if you have the most like one of the most iconic songs that you should just be in yeah i think that's fair so uh what are you what what's your next thing oh you you, that's everything well i I do have uh i have jared's country corner you want to go ahead and oh uh, well We'll save it. We'll do a couple more, and then okay. we'll come back to Jerry's right. Country Corner. Yeah, don't, don't want to look. You got a lot of Country Corner, I see. I've got a few things. That's all right. That's nothing wrong with that. Okay, so I will now uh, transition back. I'll do two more albums, and then you can do your next bit, 
and then I will have one album left. So I've got oh. three three to go. Okay. Next one I'm going to talk about is the album Inner Song by the artist Kelly Lee Owens. So this is Kelly Lee Owens' new album, and it's kind of this mixture of like techno house beats meets um, dream pop in a, a kind of a weird way. There's uh, quite a few interesting things happening on this album. So there are tracks that kind of fall more into that like dream pop sound, uh, but there are also songs that stick more to like the electronic bass sound. So there's a song called Melt on the album, and the song samples uh, Glaciers Melting, and it samples uh, people like on ice skates, and it's kind of like this commentary on climate change. It's a very odd way to make a commentary about climate change, but I like it. It sounds interesting. And the uh, the other thing on the album, which I found to be probably the strangest thing to come out of this album for sure, is that she has a very odd featured artist who does kind of like a spoken word poetry style thing over like techno beats. And it's John Cale of the Velvet Underground. Hmm. Not really an album that you would expect him to be on. No. So it, it was uh, very odd, but I, I love like this atmospheric kind of style of music. I hadn't really listened to Kelly Lee Owens up until this point, And so I'm glad that I ended up landing on this album and enjoyed it as much as I did. So. Uh, I've got one more, and then Jared, it'll it'll be thrown to you. Okay. This one, <clears throat> I'm gonna try and pronounce this one correctly. It is the artist Sevdaliza, 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 and her album Shabrang. So uh, Sev Deliza is a Dutch-Iranian artist, and this album is kind of this odd, kind of weird R&B style, but it's like, it's very dark and dim style of R&B, and I wasn't expecting to like it anywhere near as much as I ended up enjoying it, but it has a lot of very, very good songs. That song is called Joanne. It's the opener on the album. It's got a pretty interesting video along with it, um, but there's something just constantly emotional about this album she's very very good at using her voice and having uh the instrumentation around it kind of express the emotions that are within that that song so there's even a song that is sung in persian called uh, golby goldoon and it still has that same kind of like a mode of power even not being able to understand the lyrics of the song again they're sung, sung in persian so i enjoy how much she is able to really um, pull out the subtleties of the the emotions that she's trying to express, both through her interesting kind of voice and as well as this kind of 
uh, large synthetic noise string arrangement kind of instrumentation. So again, that is the album Shebrang. And Jared, it is time for your favorite time of the month. Yes. Come on, pull up the pull up your rocking chair, take off your straw hat, get your mud jug ready because it's Jared's Country Corner. We need to get a little. We need to get a little. little, subtle, a little yeah. That's what we need. I agree. I'll, I'll work on that. We'll come up with a. It'll be next month. Yeah, a little, a little country corner sound to let people know we're coming in for it. Yeah. So uh, this band is not technically country; they're more Americana. But the Avett Brothers have a new EP out uh, called "The Third Gleam," which is their third EP, and uh, they have a song on here called "I Should Have Spent the Day with My Family." And it's a pretty good song. Caleb, you want to play a little bit of it? Turning on my phone was the first mistake I made. My heart sunk when I read the first headline. There had been another shooting, and this time not so far away. And a child who lost his life looked an awful lot like mine. Pretty sad story. Right oh there. my! You have to listen to the whole song. Oh now. my! They're they're uh, like uh, progressive bluegrass. It's very interesting. Like they've that's always a whole, been that That's way. a whole concept. Right I, there. They're great though. I've I've liked them a long time. They I don't love everything they do, and I don't like hold on to a lot of the stuff that they do. But I just know they're good. You know, like you just know a band. Even if you don't like everything they do, you just know. Okay, this is this is good stuff right here. So um, another. Artist that you should look out for is a guy named Billy Strings. He's he got pretty popular on YouTube because of his song "Dust in a Baggie," which is a great song about uh, getting getting arrested for some some white stuff. Ooh! But uh, he has a song uh, music video. It's for an album that came out last year. Actually, it's called "Home." Is the album? But there's a music video that just came out for the song "Watch It Fall," and that's a pretty good song. We don't have to play it, but just check out the music video. Listen to Billy Strings. Another person that has a new song out is Chris Stapleton with the song Starting Over, which, welcome back, Chris Stapleton. He's a good man, and uh, I like his music quite a bit. Um, and then another uh, EP that came out this m- month is uh, Orville Peck, who we like on the show. Yes. His EP, Show Pony, which has uh, one of the better collaborations of the year. On the song Legends Never Die, it's Orville Peck and Shania Twain. Well, it's such an odd concept for sure. Yep. But each song keeps me rolling along my way. And I pray I... I've seen people tugging on the reins. Full speed, baby, dust is in the veins. A stampede couldn't break me in my stride. They want to know why. It's lonesome on the lonesome trails to keep your head up high. Because baby, we've been up all night. Pretty good, indeed. There's a music video for that too, and it's oh, thank God. They go all out, man. They're all wearing all kinds of crazy outfits, and and you know he was wearing masks before everybody else had to. That's right. Pretty great guy. His right just there. kind of covers the other half of your face. Yes. Well, you don't want to know who he is. That's right. He's a Um, a masked vigilante. So here's three albums, three country albums that came out that were pretty interesting for this month. One of them is Country State of Mind by Josh Turner, who has been around forever. Josh Turner's been around since like 2003, 
and uh, he's known. I first heard him from the song "Long Black Long Black Train," which is a um, gospel country song that uh, I saw the music video for for a long time. It's it's an interesting song, but I've kind of followed a little bit of what he's done, but not a ton over the last few years. But he's kind of basically turning into like this generation's Randy Travis. And um, I, th- I think this album was pretty good. There's some of the songs where, like, he's got a couple collaborations, um, Chris Christopherson, John Anderson, and then some with, like, a current up-and-coming female country people, Runaway June and Maddie and Tay. Okay. And then um, there's got, like, the song Midnight in, in Montgomery is a pretty good song. He's got a cover of Forever and Ever Amen uh, by Randy Travis, which features Randy Travis, which he had a stroke a few years ago, and he's, like, lucky to be alive still, let alone, like, singing on a song. But uh, I think that my favorite song on the album is the song The Caretaker. It's the last song on the album. It's very short, but it's a fun little uh, little tune. And here I work and I somehow hide From a world that rushes by outside But each night when I rest my head I'm contented as the peaceful dead But who's gonna cry when old Josh dies? Who's gonna cry when old Josh dies? That's fun. (laughs) I thought it was pretty good. Like, I got to the end of the album, which the album was okay. You know, like I said, like, it wasn't... It, it was probably good. Uh, All Music gave it a 70 out of 100, which is, at, you know, pretty decent. It's yeah. passing grade. Um, but I, I listened to some of the singles that came from it, and they were pretty good. But like that, On that end, note, by the way, how does All Music do what they do? It's somebody that's a reviewer. It's so much. I know. It's it's crazy. Well, the, that review is for one person. Right. But they just do a cumulative of, like, Rolling Stone... Uh, all the other things, and they just put them all together, and they just an average rating. Right, and then you can go on there and do it like same thing with the album of the of the year. Yes, that Caleb does. But they usually have like a still like professional review kind of at the top. Yes, and yeah, like somebody every, that they, that's every on the, single album. Well, like they have a lot of people writers. Probably I don't even know if they get true. paid. Uh, he also has a cover of Good Old Boys from the Dukes of Hazard. Okay, has a cover on there too, which is fun. Uh, and then another that uh, this guy's an up and coming in the country music genre, Coulter Wall, who's very interesting. He has an album, Western Swing and Waltzes and other punchy songs. Uh, and then he on this album, it was, it's it's all like covers of like old country songs, which is pretty decent. And he's got a cover of Big Iron by Marty Robin, Robbins. Uh, it's pretty good. He's He's got a very distinctive, interesting voice. So if we'll play a little bit of that. To the town of our field, old stranger one finally. Hardly spoke folks around him, didn't have too much to say. No one there to ask his business, no one there to make a slip. Stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip. Big iron on his hip. It's very like old, yeah, like country kind of voice. Yes, it's I I like him. I I it's interesting. He's got a song called Kate McCannon on his um, 
2017 album, Coulter Wall, probably his debut album. That's pretty good. I, I, I think that he he's going to be somebody that I'll like keep looking out for. He's also got sure. a song with uh, Tyler Childers on that album too, which he's he's coming up in that in the music. So um, and then the last song on there is um, this guy Rustin Kelly, who's pretty good. Uh, he's got a cover of Teenage Dirtbag that I really enjoy, and he's like kind of like a punk country ish. Like he his influence is both country music and punk. He's got a cover of Damn It by Blink One Eighty Two as well. Uh, so it it's his album from two thousand nineteen uh, called Dirt Emo. Where he's got um, Chris Caraba from Ashboard Confessional on there as well, and uh, it's that's an interesting album. But this album is called Shape and Destroy, and uh, the song I'd like you to play from it is called Brave. That I stood by every promise that I made. That I tried my best in selflessness Never took more than I gave And I didn't give up to the darkness I like that. Yep. I think he's he's going to be good too. I'm trying to I'm trying to like pay attention to what's coming up in the I'm I I don't I don't love country music like in my life, you got a whole country corner. But I've I've started to appreciate it more. Uh, I liked it when I was a little kid, and then I've kind of like thank you Johnny Cash for thank that. Thank you Johnny Cash. I used to whenever anybody would say do you what what kind of music do you like or like oh uh, you know I'll say everything and they say oh even this I'm like well I like Johnny Cash you know so it's like the old everything but country moniker yeah yeah, yeah I don't say that anymore because I have like more country songs in a playlist that I listen to. Right than most genres, so right. I do like country music. It's just a specific kind, you know. At this point, right. So, yeah. Before we uh, before we get to the the last album, I'll mention a couple additional albums that like are kind of worth mentioning, but you know, I didn't love. Yep. Uh, so biggest one, of course, is Katy Perry's new album, Smile. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. I didn't love I it. I find her kind of boring now. Yeah, it's just the, kind of the same thing. Again, like yeah. it's it's not a whole lot different from what she's been doing for a long time. I uh, when I listened to that album, I was like, I kind of envisioned that there's this weird continuum now of like artists from that same time period, and the first end of the continuum is Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. who is still doing basically the exact same thing on her most recent album, and then we have Taylor Swift, yeah, who did something vastly different with her new album, and then you have people in the middle like Akesha, who's like kind of in the middle of that somewhere, and you have Kelly like Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson is another person like that, and then you have Katy Perry, and Katy Perry, of course, falls kind of like near that end of the Lady Gaga spectrum of just like, I'm kind of doing the same thing. She kind of toys with synth synth pop Mm -hmm. a little bit. Like if she were to explore it more, she would start to fall in the realm of another contemporary like Carly Rae Jepsen, who has been doing a lot more in terms of like a synth pop sound, but Katy Perry doesn't really like efficiently kind of jump into it. You know, she's engaged to Orlando Bloom. She is. They just had a baby. Yeah. They just had a bang. She's Prego in one of the videos too. Was she? Yeah, on like it's an a odd way to do a music video. I know. 
there's also uh, an album by Glass Animals, Dreamland, that you know was fairly popular. It's got quite a few songs that people are enjoying. Uh, I particularly like Tokyo Drifting, which has our our Lord and Savior Denzel Curry on it. Oh my, love love him on that song. Uh, oh the album is fine. It's you know it's it's better than what I would have thought, but it's not enough to really care a whole lot about. Um, Victoria Monet is another one who uh, had a project come out that was called Jaguar. And that one is uh, part one of what she's deeming to be like a full project. So it's pretty short. Uh, I enjoyed what I heard from it, but I think that it's going to end up becoming like a three part album as her like kind of full debut. And I will hopefully really enjoy the final product when there are, you know, the full three parts put together. So I'm going to keep an eye on that, but I'm not going to get too in depth with it right now. But the album that stood out to me the most from this month is the album The Microphones in 2020 by The Microphones. And I'm going to play just like a random part from the from the album because there's really well, I'll talk about it. We'll see. Drums copying the lyrics out to hang them in my room until I started making my own embarrassing early tries at this thing that sings at night above the house branches in the wind bending wordlessly. I wanted to capture it on tape. So Mount Erie is the uh, project that some people might be more familiar with uh, as of recent, but the artist Phil Elverum, Phil Elverum, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yes, Phil Elverum previously was releasing music under the moniker of The Microphones. He had multiple albums through The Microphones from like, 96 to like 2003 and so there in this this album which is currently on youtube it's not on spotify it is just one cohesive track completely straight through and it's about 45 minutes long so it's just kind of the same thing for like 45 minutes but the songwriting as he often is phenomenal he has a very very interesting way of making the mundane seem very alive he had an album through Mount Erie, A Crow Looked at Me, where he was writing about the passing of his wife, which is one of the saddest albums I have ever heard in my entire life. And Microphones in 2020 is effectively this reflection on his music up to this point uh, of making music for over two decades now. He, in the YouTube video, is placing photos down on a table throughout the 45 minutes and the photos kind of like coincide with the stories that he's talking about. So he'll go back to his childhood and he'll show pictures of him in his childhood. And then he'll go talk about, you know, touring under the microphones and then I'll have pictures of him on tour and with friends. And it's, it's just really, really artsy the way that it's presented, but like it's so stripped back. And so like, it's just like one guitar riff and sometimes a little bit of like fuzz will come in and sometimes like a little bit of percussion will come in. It's just so, so minimalistic, but it's so big the way that he presents it. 
and I I love this album. It's going to be one of my favorite albums of the entire year. I highly, highly recommend checking out the microphones if you haven't already, and if you like the microphones, I highly recommend checking out Mount Erie, and for sure, I would check out this album in particular. So that is the last album that I was going to talk about for this month. Jerry, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we close out? I do not believe so. I pretty much covered everything I wanted to. We have covered a lot. Yes. We've covered a lot on this bonus episode. So we didn't play from your playlist, uh, Dirty Nil, Gojira, Stand Atlantic. Thank you for checking out this bonus edition of Record Roundtable. This month we have been talking about the music that was released in August. And you will hear from us again at the end of next month to talk about the music that came out in September. Check us out on all of our various places. If you've listened to our episodes, you know where to go. You know where to find us. Thank you for listening as you have been doing all this time. Goodbye.